Coming up, we talk programmatic. Hello and welcome to IDCOM's Media Snack episode 55. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Wayne Bloodwell, CEO and founder of the Programmatic Advisory. Today we're going to be talking programmatic strategies, viewability and fraud, and key client watchouts. All on today's episode of IDCOM's Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich. So Wayne, a warm welcome to IDCOMS and MediaSnack. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Great to have you. So I read somewhere in the trade article that you were described as, uh, as an ad tech veteran. Yeah. You don't look old enough, quite frankly, to be a veteran <laughs> in anything. But I think the point that they were trying to make is that you've been at the forefront of programmatic technology for a number of years now. Um, initially with X-Axis and then uh, most recently working with Amplify which is the Dentsu trading platform. And then in the summer you left and you uh, founded your own programmatic consultancy. Um, so what was the kind of thinking behind that and, and, and what is your proposition? So the programmatic advisory is 100% consultative. Yeah. So we only generate revenue through offering purely advice. We don't actually execute by transact media for anyone. Um, that is quite a different model than what exists today within programmatic. Quite often some of that advice is tied to delivery, spend targets, etc. Mm -hmm. So our point of difference is the service and then our second point of difference is expertise. Right. So I know through my experience in programmatic that there are very few people who actually really know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like, to be honest, it's yeah. really hard to hire them, find them, um, and upskill them. So, um, the goal is to have this pool of expertise that companies can call upon and provide impartial advice. But isn't that that's interesting, right? So, uh, I read somewhere that over half of all online display transactions are conducted programmatically. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but yeah, it is still an industry in its in its embryonic kind of stages, yeah. right? Yeah, I would argue it's. So, I first went to programmatic in two thousand and ten, and it wasn't even called programmatic back then. It was just a, a mechanism for transacting display. Mm -hmm. But since then, we've seen so video now is over half. Mobile, I think, seventy five percent plus in the UK. So, a lot of media is now being procured programmatically. I think. So, but I call it a five-year-old industry. Mm -hmm. um, I think the types of people that we're sort of now hiring into programmatic have been quite a different type of profile than what we, you know traditionally the industry would have hired into. Yeah. Um, and that takes time for those generations of people to come through. So I think that's probably why the, there's a talent shortage in this area. Right. Um, but over time, you expect the kind of the, that expertise to become greater and greater and have a greater share of those roles. And as, as more and more brands invest more and more money programmatically, uh, they will be required to develop programmatic strategies. And, and that's what we encourage our clients to do, to have a perspective on a programmatic strategy. Um, but from your point of view, what is the difference between a programmatic strategy and a perhaps traditional media strategy? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question because I think that programmatic, it isn't the strategy is what enables the strategy. So really, programmatic is data and tech yeah. that enables marketing. Um, so if you have a strategy, it has to be focused on data and tech. Mm -hmm. And I think there are 
probably five pillars to that. So the first pillar of that strategy is data. Yeah. So collecting data, so that's things from like your planning tools, your mobile app, your website, etc. The second part is, we call it segmentation. Mm -hmm. So understand that data, create an audience segment and intelligence from that. The third part is creative. Yeah. So how do you align messaging and, and experiences to those audience that resonate really well? The fourth is what I call activation, which is how do you, it's the, the point of time where you actually have an opportunity to serve something to a user. Mm -hmm. So it could be on your website, it could be in Facebook, it could be um, across other publishers. And then the final part of that is measurement and effectiveness. Right, okay. So understanding how does all of that work? Is it actually delivering value? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's the programmatic promise really, is this isn't just a new way of doing things for the sake of it. Yeah. It should be a better way. And that better way delivers greater value for advertisers. Okay, so a programmatic strategy essentially is a, is a data and tech strategy that informs uh, smarter decisions yeah. when it comes to media. And, and who, whose responsibility should it be to define what that strategy is? Is it the responsibility of, of clients or should that be the responsibility of their media agency partners, in your opinion? Good question. I think it's the responsibility of whoever knows best right now. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I think one of the things that agencies have is fantastic talent who yeah. have been closer to this space. So they are well informed to make decisions for their clients. However, I think some of the bigger brands now see data and tech has been so fundamental to all their media spend that they have to get closer to it. Yeah. They have to get closer to the data that's being used, the, the tech that's enabling that. So often it's a hybrid, to be honest. Yeah. And I think actually that's probably the best way is a hybrid, where the agencies who have the knowledge are relaying that appropriately back to their clients and the clients are comfortable with the decisions that agencies are making. Well, that's the thing, right? So you're, you're describing there a, a partnership based on trust. Mm -hmm. um, we know that there has been a number of uh, issues around transparency, uh, especially within the programmatic space. Um, those relationships built on trust can only evolve and progress if the issue around transparency is addressed and dealt with. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you say to that? A hundred percent. I think um, tra I think when people think about transparency, they often think straight away to the commercials. Yeah. So who is making what in the value chain? Mm -hmm. And whilst that is important, I think it's also really important to understand what it is everyone actually adds in the, in the chain, mm -hmm. um, not just the commercial aspect of that. Um, and I, I'm really kind of... Um, outspoken about this, it has to come through collaboration. Right. Like trust is what the industry is built upon or was built upon. I think that has been lost to some extent, but it's not, you know, um, uh, unrecoverable. Mm. Like it can be bought, it just, it just needs discussing right, okay. um, in, open, in open and frank debates. And so for, for those advertisers that are slightly more performance-led or progressive when it comes to uh, uh, programmatic technologies and, and executing within them. They brought more of that programmatic expertise in-house mm. in order to provide that level of transparency and control that, that, that is required. Are you seeing a, a more and more of a trend in, in, in bringing in-house capabilities? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely um, a lot of marketers who 
are keen to do it in-house mm -hmm. and typically that decision has been driven via commercial transparency. So there's a, lot, there's a lot in the press around how much people are taking and if you're a marketer you're like well if you're taking 30% but you're not adding 30% yeah. you're just inflating the performance of you know my, my goals. Yeah. Um, so transparency is definitely linked to in-house decisions but the one thing I would advise for those who I think about doing in-house is just really understanding that five pillar strategy. Mm -hmm. Do you have the, the, the talent and structure to enable it correctly? Mm -hmm. um, and also expect things to be a challenge. Yeah. So lots of these operations which act non-transparently mm -hmm. have been going for years and been very successful mm -hmm. and have delivered great outcomes for their, for, for yeah. their clients' businesses. So it's not easy. Yeah. Um, but it's, def it's definitely something which I think big brands should be taking seriously because I think big brands should be bringing data and tech closer to all their decisions. Right. And yeah, and we're seeing that as a sort of trend. I mean, presumably, trend programmatic is going to get, only get bigger and bigger. In the end, uh, perhaps everything will be, will be transacted programmatically as, and we kind of, as we democratise the, the buying kind of function, more and more responsibility will come in-house. Is that, what do you see the future of programmatic? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think obviously there are, um, so doing programmatic, is, as I said, isn't easy because it requires new skill sets, new people, uh, new technologies you might have to use. That isn't easy just to take out of existing operations and put into your own teams today. Yeah. Um, uh, however, I think the democratisation of media so that everyone's got fairly equal access um, is, a, is a big shift. Yeah. Um, where you no longer need to rely on trading scale and power, you have the same access that, you know, a big buyer also has. Is that, is that a concern for the agencies? I mean, it should be, right? Yeah, uh, it must be. Um, uh, because that's, you know, that's one of the ways that they would make money is through the you know, trading scale. It's a fascinatingly dynamic space, isn't it? Yeah, it's... And also, I think previously, I mean, democratisation has been talked about quite a bit and it's never really... You know, and it's still almost theory in that many publishers still rely on the buying scale of mm -hmm. big, big buyers um, because they need to make guarantees. Yeah. They need to be able to you know, invest in content um, and create TV shows and create you know, editorial for their yeah. websites. So, and in a democratised world, you don't really have guarantees. Mm. It's more dynamic. But if you think about the most successful publishers, you'd say is Google Search and YouTube yeah. and Facebook Newsfeed. Yeah. Those guys do not have, there's no buying power over those guys. Yeah. And they are taking 90% of all the new pounds into the industry. Mm. So that's a model which I think others will try to enable. Yeah. Um, that does take time. It will annoy quite a few people for sure. Mm. Uh, but one thing I will say is I think the agencies have always been very good at adapting to these changes pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and they'll, I'm sure they'll find ways to, to, you know, to, to maintain the value they bring to clients yeah. beyond buyer power. But I suppose then the other key issues that are constantly being discussed are ad fraud, mm. viewability, the uh, accelerated penetration of ad blocking, and that's going to have a huge impact on, on the programmatic space. Yeah. I mean, whose, whose responsibility is it to, to deal with that? I think it's everyone's responsibility, particularly ad blocking. Um, I think as an industry where we market to consumers, it's basically business, consumers, everything yeah. in between. 
if those marketing opportunities disappear, mm -hmm. that makes an industry fairly redundant, which yeah. is not the place you want to be. So I think everybody should be taking it seriously. Um, I think it's a case of working closely with the governing bodies like the IAB, yeah. where they run some fantastic research around the reasons why ad blocking exists, and taking that and trying to tailor marketing so it actually works for consumers. So the top, well, two of the top reasons why people block ads is because they're too intrusive and irrelevant, yeah. or they drain their data. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're a marketer or you're a publisher, how do you take that information and change what we're doing? Because yeah. it, it requires change. Yeah. There's 20% that's growing that are just not, you can't market to. And they're prospective customers for business who actually, if you serve them a really engaging and relevant message, you know, may actually enact on it, but today you can't do that. Yeah. So I think it's a mix of, I think it's everyone has to, has to do something about it. Good rallying cry. And finally, um, for those advertisers out there that are uh, you know, engaging more and more in, in programmatic to gain an advantage, what are the kind of key watch outs? What are the, what's your kind of key recommendations to them? I think there are three key watch outs. So the first one is data. Mm -hmm. So I think every brand needs to be thinking about the data they're generating, the data they have access to, yeah. and how they use it in their media and marketing spend. Uh, the second is the tech. Yeah. So the technology decisions that they have, um, are they being made appropriately? And are they the right ones for their brands? And then the third is just think a bit bigger. Because I think programmatic has been stuck into display yeah. or even mobile video. It's bigger and better than that. Like it's data and tech that enables marketing across every touch point. So try not to get too obsessed into, into one thing. Just try to keep thinking big. Brilliant advice. Wayne, thank you so much for joining us today. Really insightful and the best of luck with the programmatic advisory. Thank you very much. Uh, that's it. Uh, thank you for watching. Have a good weekend. Thank you.